Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. My name is Deckard Kane, and I'm in the Nexus. Mm. Our enemies are many, but they'll never best That's us. Right. If I find old Diablo, even I might take him down. You should always remember that we're in a different town. Horodrim in the house. Where's my staff? <laughs> Stay a while and listen. Quickly in and quickly out is all the advice I can give you. This is Core! Scrolls contradict you. <laughs> That's a good one, man. Holds up. The best, best smack talk ever. You know why that one's also good? Because uh, your buddy Deckard Kane there does have a good transition to or with the word is. So when he says this is core, it's easily the most transitional. Like sounds like the dude said it in a on a microphone in full kind of deal. So yeah, yeah it's pretty natural. Yeah. Also, my favorite part of that thing, the centerpiece of the whole thing, is his sex advice that he gives. It's pretty good. He's a scared old man. Just get it done and leave. Yeah, get in there (laughs) and get out. Yeah, that's good advice. (laughs) It's good advice from the old man. Hi, everybody. We're here to give you some advice of our own right here on The Core Show. This show is all about Heroes of the Storm. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. And we've come to you yet again on Bended Knee on a Wednesday night to discuss all things heroes and beyond. And we'll play some games later, which is also very exciting. Had a thought this week, though, while we uh, prep to get ready to maybe learn a few things today, by the way. Uh, we've got a holiday coming up here in the U.S. tomorrow. We've got a big holiday, which means everything's kind of a little quiet, you know. The holidays, things kind of slow down uh, news-wise from Blizzard. No new heroes announced or anything weird like that. Uh, we're still getting our our, our hands around uh, uh, Euphema or whatever her name is. And... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Orphea. Euphema. You know, Euphema. Uh, and she's great. It's, and uh, Illegal, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. You're not supposed to take Euphema. Your doctor needs to tell you if it's right for you is what I'm getting at. Um, anyway, I had a thought leading up to all this before the, the holiday hits. And that was this. I feel like um, in my Heroes games, there are a bunch of heroes that are kind of MIA these days. And I just wanted to throw their names out there and discuss whether it's just a feeling I have and it's not actually true or if you guys feel the same. And if any of this means that maybe this list of heroes is due for a rework or some sort of spotlight of some sort to get interest sort of renewed in people playing them. Uh, I will run down the names I thought of. I just don't see these people very much anymore. I rarely see Phoenix in a game. I don't see Maya very much anymore. She's at home uh, demoing uh, shower curtains or whatever she's doing. Uther, where the hell has Uther been? No Uther ever, I swear, in any game I play, ever. Never see an Uther. 
Never see Rexar these days. Never haven't seen Valera in months. Well, and she's a rogue. Who? Valera? Oh, cause, oh, she's always there. I just can't see her. Is that what you're telling me? Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And then uh the Lost Vikings. Nobody also plays lost. nobody plays the Vikings except Bogue occasionally to troll John, but th- but that's it. I don't see them anymore. I can't tell you the last time I saw them. It's got to be six, eight months ago, and it was probably you, Bo, and then nothing since. So am I wrong about that list, or am I on to something here? What's going on with these guys, and why are they? Why do they feel like they're being, I don't know, but players just aren't giving them the love they deserve? It's probably because they're not that much fun to play in quick match. Mm. Um, because we play a lot of quick match, so you know, I think... Some of those heroes I know, like Maev and stuff, are kind of better and more coordinated play, and they're less rewarding to play. Mm-hmm. And I just think uh, they're the favorite heroes, and these aren't them. <laughs> and, and people spam, like you know, Q spam them in quick their favorite heroes in quick match, and these are just not. You know, these are hipster picks for a lot of them. Some of them are new though. Like I, uh, you know, who else I would add to this is Urel. She's I don't see her ever. Like very rarely do I see your L. Oh, yeah, you do see her rarely, but it's funny because some of these on the list are actually top tier rank uh, heroes, mm-hmm. and that's why you're not seeing them because anyone who's <laughs> playing them are playing them in ranked, right? And they're not playing them in quick match because <laughs> okay. they're playing fun heroes. So that's interesting. We're not seeing them in. I would say that for like Maev, Phoenix, uh, and. Actually, that would be the two. And the other one you mentioned, URL. She really, she's a top pick. Like it's it's just she's not like Maev, like they're not like these Genji or Asmodan type characters. They either do lots of damage or do fun kind of things or just kind of fun to chill out and play with. Mm. That's probably why you're not seeing that much. People like playing Abathur in Quick Match. You see Abathurs a lot. Yeah. And you see Li Ming's and you you know. I don't want to. I don't want to say the fun heroes, but the ones that you're going to more often play for fun and get like a good dopamine hit from playing them. There's just some heroes that are just better at it than others. Do you agree, John? Do you think that's what's going on here? And I just have the skewed view because I'm spending a lot of my time in quick match. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things. I think part of it too is you think about a hero and you think, oh, it's been ages since I've seen them. But sometimes that's also just because they're standing out. Like, I read this list and I was like, oh, no, I've seen a lot of Valera lately. Mm. And then I thought, well, have I? Or has it just been that the Valeras that have popped up here and there have been really good? And therefore, I was like, guy, hate Valera. She's driving me crazy. Who's this really good Valera wrecking everything? Mm. And maybe she stands out then sure because of that you know right right uh, i've seen some valera it's very easy to get punished on rexar and vikings if you're not really good at them so again i would say vikings in either mode you don't see a lot of play unless you're that guy or that girl same with rexar do you think game um, do you think the game gets I, to a point? Play, I played uther actually. I've, oh, been, I've been playing dps uther really <laughs> yeah yeah i've got I'm, like i have because there's so many heroes in the game there's a small pie of the heroes i've been playing which is mostly orphia but the other f- flirtations I've had are Yorel and Blaze and Uther. Yeah. I've been playing. There's a there's a talent. I think it's at level four where you, your holy shot can do damage instead of and heal you. And you can build into it. And I've been just having fun playing quick match with that. And it's pretty powerful, to be honest with you, in quick match. Mm. But yeah, well, you don't really see him a lot. Well, maybe I that's what I'm, I'm just perceiving what happens to every. This is just a MOBA problem. Not a problem, but. It happens in MOBAs when you've got a deep hero pool. Uh, people start to sort of settle on 
whatever the you know standard picks are for whatever the standard modes are and then maybe in this case blizzard swoops in and says hey we're gonna clean up uh valera a little bit or give her a new you know a new part of her kid or whatever they're gonna rework her um but it just feels like because this game's just now getting to that point um it just feels a little weird just not used to not the, seeing those a, guys in a purely casual for fun mode there's always going to be heroes that are just more fun yeah like without reworking wouldn't even do it like unless you made them op which is a mistake from a development standpoint i think just some heroes are just not going to be that fun mm. i think i think valera is cool i think she's not that fun mm. john do you, you know that which is why i don't play her i'd like to have a fight here john how do you feel about what he said about your girl valera there uh i think she's extremely fun fun but i don't know about how many games have you played as her in the past three months yeah that's the thing it's not a lot it's like Um, i might like i like valera i just got cool mechanics and stuff but i'm like all right it's quick match time let's have some fun right look at all the heroes the heroes you're picking consistently and there's heroes you aren't i think that's exactly what i'm i'm saying i think bo and i said kind of the same thing in a different way i love her kit i think she's fun to play as i think the the meta and the environment with which you pick into her right now is not a lot of fun, so I haven't mm-hmm. been playing her. Yeah, I love you, honey, but I just don't want to spend any time with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm here at the office a little <laughs> late today. Yeah, that's exactly it. I get that. <laughs> Nailed it. So, so that's interesting. So, what you're really describing is a is a mode dichotomy that we already knew existed, but I think that's all this is. Like, you're not gonna like in competitive. How often do you see Genji in there? Is it still a lot? Is it a little little yeah, littler? He's, Mm-hmm. okay so he's kind of everywhere I, um, I think well, too like some of this stuff waxes and wanes like we've kind of an inside joke we've had recently with our groups playing is I all of a sudden went on a run of really liking Kael'thas and I was like hey guys have you heard about this hero Kael'thas <laughs> and everybody's giving me crap because he's been in the game for ages but I'm only just now coming to him right and I think that help that happens with a lot of people and I think that happens with a lot of heroes. And I think sometimes there can even be some like group think behind it. Like mm-hmm. you play a game and all of a sudden one particular character just crushes you. And you think, oh, yeah, that's right. That character exists and was really great. And then you start playing it. And then in theory, that happens again. Like I wasn't really thinking about Li Ming that much until a couple weeks ago when all of a sudden a Li Ming was just a wrecking face on our group. And I was like, man, Li Ming, that's right. She's still in the game. She's good. And then I started playing her. And then I noticed Li Ming's cropping up all over the place. I was like, oh, she's still in this game. She's still making a threat. Mm. But I wonder if sometimes that's just kind of all of us seeing something that sets us on that trend. And we all kind of fall into that same rut of noticing and playing the character over and over. Yeah, it's like you you go buy a Chevy minivan and then suddenly you notice on the highway how many people have Chevy minivans. It's kind of like yeah. that, probably. Yeah, I totally get I, it. Just it was just. I, oh, go ahead, Bo. I've got a fun way for you to sort of corroborate this yeah. uh, feeling with data, which is you can go to Hot Slogs, mm-hmm. and on the main splash page you'll find a little link that says additional filters available. You can actually filter the games out. Uh, to let's say um, just quick match games like or whatever mode it is you're feeling that sort right. of thing and sort by popularity and the least played uh, hero yeah. is the Lost Vikings with 1,626 games Sounds right. keep in mind the highest played is Orphea with almost 40,000 right. um, 
Rexar, Chen, Probius, Urel. There you go. She's not played very much in quick match at all by comparison. Mm. Um, Chogal, Dehaka, Malfurion, Samuro, Blaze, Tyrael. You know, when do you, how often do you see Tyrael in quick match? Very Uther rarely. is up there with only five that. Like these are all very close. Not a ton of games played. Mm. Um, even Deckard only has 6,000 games. So it might just be luck. Yeah. But yeah, they're definitely underrepresented compared to, you know, what are the favorites? Genji. Setting aside Orphea, Genji, Nazebo, Nova, most played. That sounds right. You see that those fools all the time. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Kael'thas, Leeming, Abathur, Sylvanas. You know, it's so. a good reminder that, that people are probably, they don't really realize it, but you're playing a very different game in quick match than you would be in another mode. Because the the people that are, or the, the characters people are picking up and playing for quick matches are very, it's just a very different environment. Of, yeah, I mean, I don't waste what. my talents in quick match. Like, if I'm like, oh man, let's give four other randos a really great experience on my awesome, you know, Diablo play or whatever. I'm like, no, save it for ranked. Whatever yeah, matters. screw like, those people. They're they're strangers to you, and you and you don't care about them. <laughs> they're they're gonna get my bad Blaze play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what they're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, right. They're gonna be all up in it. Um, no, I get that. I I it was just a kind of a, just a weird thought that. For the first time in the game's history, anyway, I felt like I was just seeing a lot less of certain characters, and it and it and it was nagging at me, and it was a mix yeah. of old and new. Like you know, we can't get much older than Uther, but you know, Phoenix is relatively new. Urel's pretty new, and that feeling of them being gone, I think, is a you know, it's a bit of a mirage. Because if I was to to hop in other modes or uh, other tiers of play, you'd probably see these guys a lot more. But it is interesting to see how that all plays out, and I don't know how they target. A character for rework like what the obvious uh moment is for them to go all right you guys next up on the rework list make sure you get so-and-so in there because i don't know what factors like that's interesting to me and i'd like to know more about how they do that and choose that but uh i wonder <coughs> excuse me i wonder if any of these that i've named are are being targeted probably not uther because didn't he just get reworked ish he did but you know, you still don't see a lot of him. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you see characters get revisited a lot. Like Chromie, I feel like, has gotten a lot of tweaks and alterations. And, you know, the term rework sometimes means a lot more in some cases than others. But I feel like she's had a lot of reworks because of popularity versus perception when you're on the opposite side of a Chromie. And... You know, they can do a rework to Uther, but then if nobody still plays him, do they just say, well, we tried. He's just not going to ever be played. Or do you try again? Yeah. I mean, do, if nobody's playing. Does he does he even exist? Does Uther exist if nobody's playing him? Uh, think of that. That's deep. Uh -huh. That's a deep question. That's right. I think Uther has his place. I think you probably see him a lot more in ranked, maybe, mm -hmm. than in quick match would be my guess just because he does have the point and click stun which is extremely useful for high mobility but that's a coordinated effort and not something you can plan for in quick match like you're not going to queue up in quick match and go you know i got a good feeling there's going to be a genji on the other team so <laughs> it's probably time for some uther yeah. i'll just roll those dice yeah exactly well good luck to uther and all of his uh, less played buddies i'm going to do something a little different here uh that i really haven't done before <laughs> Uh, we'll see how dumb this goes or if it goes well at all. But uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Why? Because this is funny and we don't play it enough. And the other reason is it's a holiday tomorrow. So sit back and listen to this ad from Not Really a Sponsor. 
Now you too can bring the metal and fury to your living room with your favorite hero. Mecha Battlestorm. Introducing Mecha Tyrael. Mecha Tyrael. Justice protocols initiated. Mecha Tassadar. It's time to kick some afterburner. Optimus Rhaegar. Into a healing fountain before you bleed out. Forces augmented. Oh no, it's Abathur. I'll handle this. But you can't beat all three of them by yourself, Tommy. I am justice itself. Death. Acceptable outcome. Hey, where's my healing, Billy? You're a feeding piece of shit, Tommy. Mecha Battlestorm. From Blizzard. Ages 3 and up. Xenophile Abathur contains pieces that are choking hazards for young children. Batteries sold separately. It's still just as good, man. It's so it's good. A, it's a nice blast from the past. Yeah. yeah. Almost a year ago now, I think. Yeah. Still kind of a reminder, too, that, uh, hey, Blizzard, where's our where's our additional uh, Mecha Storm wind slash uh, more little anime? I want more anime is what I'm saying. Yeah. Out of the team. Yeah. What what heroes would you most want to see in a mecha treatment? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Um I mean some I of mean, them already two mecha junk rats in there. Artanis. Even if... <laughs> of course Artanis. But yes. he'd be cool to have Artanis. double like lightsaber blades coming out of his hand. Like he's perfect for it. He does a dash, you can put little rockets on him. Mm-hmm. No, he'd fit. He's he'd a, be okay. He's a good. He's a good fit. I, I agree. There's some others in the game who I think have come since or maybe before, but they've got good Mexicans. Like, um, uh, you just mentioned him, uh, freaking tongue boy. What's his name? Dehaka. Dehaka has that cool robot skin thing he wears. He'd be a really interesting character in a big robot fighting uh, short of some sort. Like you could just go across the board and make everybody look mech. I don't care who. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be into all of it. Every single one of them. The new Transformers MOBA. Yeah, and then make skins for yeah. all of them, and then I'll get all your skins, too. It's a money-making uh, step four, profit, Blizzard. They should make model kits for all of them, too. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I would I'd build those. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Okay, not just like third, one-third scale Tassadar or uh, whoever, like from here to here, like that, that big a one. Oh. You know what they could do with Diva? You remember Headmasters? Yeah. Diva could be a head. Like, rather than get in the mech, she could be, like, the head component of the mech. Like, transform into a head and, <laughs> and like, jump on top and become the head of the That'd be amazing. transformer mech. Yeah, see, these all these ideas are good. Which is why and I wanted to play it. transform into a mount, and she would unmount and then be mounted, like, on her transformed Diva mech. Except, I guess, mechanically, it doesn't work. But still. Still doesn't matter. It's a cartoon. We can make it work. Yeah. They did all kinds of weird stuff with Optimus Prime, and no one asked any questions, so I think they can pull it off. Um, if I learned one <laughs> thing from being a Spider-Man fan, it's that you can add mechs to anything. Yeah, no, that's true. Do you all remember that time Spider-Man had a mech robot? I do. Called I remember, Leopardon. I remember that. Yep. Those are good that's times. What, that's what Spider-Man really needed. Yeah, Mechadon. Or Mecha, what was it? What was it? Methadone? Me, me, what? Leopardon. Leopardon. <laughs> Methadone. Methadone. He had a giant robot named Methadone. Yep. He was um, putting on a clinic. I really appreciate uh, Wicked Kitten pointing out that when I say Mecha skins, it sounds like I'm saying Mexicans wrong. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. I love them Mecha skins. Mecha skins. Uh, <laughs> I like Mecha, mecha skin food. Mm. All right. Uh, moving on. We're going to have a little uh, topic this week because, again, not a lot of news to troll over. So why not talk about your holiday tier list? 
with Bo Schwartz, everybody. Tell me about tier lists and what we're going to do today. Oh, all right. Uh, I can introduce the topic. So the holidays are coming up. Uh, and that means um, our good friend Cal Ferguson over on Into the Nexus said something on his show that uh, sparked my imagination for what we could talk about this week. Is that the holidays are coming and people have extra time to play video games. Chief among them, our favorite video game heroes. And it definitely resonated when he said, there's probably an extra bit of time for people to get into ranked. Mm -hmm. Try some ranked games. And I'm like, hmm, that's exactly probably what I'm going to do. I will have more time during the Christmas holiday and I will definitely be trying some ranked heroes. Mm. But even if we don't play ranked, there's always a point in time where you look at the game and like there's a lot of heroes to choose from. I want to invest some time practicing or learning what those heroes can do and get better with them. Which ones do I choose? Mm. We all know that metas come and go, but generally speaking, I think it's been stable for a little while. And I thought, you know, with the holidays coming up and we're probably not going to get crazy updates until January or so, this might be a good time to discuss who's powerful, who's worth looking into and what the, you know, top players are saying about it. So we get to this thing called tier lists, which we've discussed on the show before, but we've never really gotten in all the time that we've done uh, the show. I mean, we're not really, you know, we're not grandmaster competitive players. Our shtick is not to tell you guys what the heroes are to play, Mm -hmm. but I thought we'll all be playing a lot of heroes in the coming weeks. And this might be a good time to take stock. And look at, uh, you know, who's on top, who should you avoid, that kind of thing, and and take that information from the community and use it. Does, so, does the news classifications at all that they talked about at BlizzCon and they'll implement at some point, does that have any bearing on this at all, like moving away no, from... Uh, no, okay. no. The okay. game would have to shift fundamentally for, for drafting or for your hero picks to be different. Okay. So, and some of you listening, we have a wide range of listeners some of them only play ai some of them dabble and ranked and you know they're in various plots so so forgive me if i just have to explain what a tier list is and you know what it is already but um for the benefit of people who don't it's common enough in gaming it's just basically taking the heroes and breaking them down by their relative power values to each other in terms of and, and specifically in heroes, the higher the tier, the more widely applicable. And when I say widely applicable, I mean on the different maps we have, because this isn't a one map MOBA. The m- more widely applicable the hero can provide value in terms of skewing your win percentage higher. Okay, so okay. the idea, if you're getting a bit competitive, is you want to make selections of heroes based on whether or not you will win 54% of the time making it over 52% of the time or 48% of the time. And your specific calculations you'll have to do on your own. Okay. The way I like to think of tier lists is like, I don't care about cars. Then all of a sudden someone drops 20 grand on my lap and says, it's not enough to buy a crazy car, but you can only use this money to buy a car. And all of a sudden I'm super interested in watching YouTube videos about cars. I want to know what the experts say about how to get value for my money. That's the service that tier lists provide. They're different than the aggregate data you will find on hot slogs in that these are well-respected, well-seasoned players offering their opinions on what's a good investment versus what's not a good investment 
for your more competitive games and for your time, essentially. There's 90 heroes. Which ones should you focus on if you want to have a little bit of an edge? Right. So that's what we're going to discuss today. All right. I love this idea. I feel like this is something we haven't really delved into before. So a real good chance to do this. So let's talk about tier S or tier zero. Why is it? Before we we get there, Mm. just one more thing to to mention. I say this isn't our tier list. But we're it was the temptation at first was to take one tier list and discuss it. But the fact is, a lot of high ranking players have differing opinions on what's good and what's not. Right. So just so people understand where we're getting our information from, if they are someone that's in the know, is I did a consensus of a lot of the tier lists on Heroes Hearth. Um, you know, McIntyre, not Paradox, not Paradox have their tier lists up. Um, Rich, who, who's a Korean player considered by many to be like the greatest heroes player yesterday really really something of a tier list um so i used his grubby has a tier list that he keeps updated and tempo storm on their site has a meta snapshot which is also a useful tool and uh, jay how also maintains a map specific uh, excel document that is insane this thing is like a, a labyrinth it was a little bit less useful here because they're map specific in his approach, which mm-hmm. is good, but we're being a little more general. Okay. So that those are the main sources of information. A lot of times they differed on opinions. Uh, and so I made a note of the ones they differed the most on or were contentious. Uh, but yeah. So and this stuff can also change. So this stuff can from. change week to week. This stuff can change month to month. Like don't hear this and think, oh, this is uh, set in stone. And will never change. I, I would I would say that you're probably good with this list until the next hero releases or if there's a yeah. significant balance patch. So right. probably carry you through to January. Oh, that's pretty good. All do right. you really? I mean, this is kind of diverting quickly, but do we think we're going to see another update before the new year? Because I kind of think we're going to get one more. Oh, wow. Somewhere between... Uh, uh, there, well, there's definitely going to be an update with new content for Winter's Veil. It remains to be seen if it's going to contain any meaningful gameplay updates or a hero for that, that affect the game. There might, right. if the ranked system gets put into place, that still doesn't affect how we're playing our games. Right. So what it's if really the uh, XP changes get in though. That could be I, the up. XP changes if they get in. I think that's. I mean, it's a crazy thing to do uh, <laughs> before Christmas holidays. So. My expectation as a player is that wouldn't be the case, but we might get it. And if that's the case, this all changes. Okay. But uh, we're still going to, you know, Orphea just launched. We, we do have changed. You know, there's never a good time to be talking about this where you're like, I'm going to get a good six months out of it. Right. right. But because the holidays are coming up, the, I'm betting on we'll have some stability in our meta until the holiday season's over. Well, and regardless, I think even when you look at it from the perspective of keep in mind, there was differing information depending on whose list. It's not like there was any one definitive list. We're doing a consensus to try to get as definitive as we could. Um, But keep in mind, your mileage with this is going to vary. Like the idea is to address this for people that are the people that are saying, who should I pick? Um... If you have, if you feel real strongly about a hero and you go, nope, I play that hero, I play that hero well, um, and we say that hero's, you know, not in the meta or not on this tier list, you should still play what you want, play what you enjoy, yeah, right. play what to you have. To be clear, we're, 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 to be clear, we're not saying this. This is a consensus of information from right. professional players. Right. So, so, you know, don't go playing Diablo 
<laughs> because we told you to do it. We're reporting that that's a good hero to invest in based on what high rank players are suggesting lower playing rank players play. Because one of the primary forms of content that high ranked players offer lower playing, lower ranked players is these heroes you'll have advantages in, or there'll be benefits in the long run to practice. Like that's content that they give to their viewers. Right. For their benefit. They're not doing it for themselves like they follow it. Right, right, right. So that means, you know, they're subject to error as much as anyone else. Right. I think these opinions. Well, these are all, (coughs) excuse me, solid disclaimers. But I'm I'm personally very interested in this um, because I feel like it's coming from good sources and it feels like uh, not a bad way to spend your time moving forward. So let's talk about tier S or zero. I've never really understood how tiers work when people talk about uh tier s versus zero why don't they just call it one or the other one um i think the tier i think tier s is very specific to heroes and i think the existence of an s or a tier zero is that the map doesn't matter and that these are um usually the class of heroes in this tier are all banned so you don't end up playing them as much Mm -hmm. now i've widened this list because the heroes in the tier s vary based on the person who's making the list right so um but where i found consensus i highlighted these heroes okay uh, so these the heroes in the tier s basically doesn't matter what map you're on these will confer advantages to you they will help you they don't necessarily aren't necessarily heroes that you're gonna get a ton of kills with or all of a sudden control the game because you picked it but they will help improve your position while you're playing the game tactically, whether from behind or ahead, and you, you you have to make lateral plays, you will be able to get value improving your hold on the game. So let's talk about warriors in tier zero or tier S. Okay, mm-hmm. let's start with them: Blaze, Diablo, Garrosh, Malganis, and Urel. In 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 these consensuses that you've put together, and this consensus of various opinions from these, you know, pro to otherwise mm-hmm. really good players <coughs> they're saying you can't go wrong with any of those now that surprises me and I, maybe we can just address this real quick only because i thought malganis i thought the jury was either still out on malganis or we everybody had kind of said well no he's just sort of a bruiser dude and not really your go-to guy so how does this work out tier wise with somebody who's like well yeah not only do i want to learn this but i also want to focus on a hero that's a good main tank uh and two, two, at least two of these are considered bruisers in the game and not main tanks. So how do you reconcile that? Um, well, I, I would, yeah. So I would say Blaze and Ural, they're definitely, the, they're bruiser-ish, but they actually just provide a lot of value in the offlane. Like, they don't feel like the big damage types. In terms of Malganis, um, I think our initial uh, sense was incorrect about him not being able to be a main tank. In fact... Uh, sleep now, whatever that is actually called. <laughs> you know, ter- turns out it's pretty good engage and disengage tool, and there's just the right amount of secret sauce with all the abilities that's in there that makes that true. Mm. Now, I'm not entirely clear in these tier lists because I mean I haven't touched rank in a ranked in a season. My sense is that a lot of the what we're seeing in Hero League specifically right now is going to be uh, two warrior comps uh, for a lot of it. Mm. There's actually a way that I can look at that. I'm just bringing that up here. But um, 
you know, it, to me, Blazer Urel, you're not playing in a solo tank comp. You're probably, you've probably got, you know, a tank and a bruiser. And mm-hmm. your tank's probably Diablo or one of the second tier ones. And I will so, say for Malganus, I personally prefer to have a second warrior on the team, whether it's a another actual tank or a bruiser. I prefer to have it, but I do feel like I'm still capable of being a solo tank with him. Yeah, and yeah. I've I've seen yeah. some people play him in ways that make me worry for the future of all players because he's there. He can be played so well and so freakishly. Oh my gosh! Just ruin everyone's life on the other team. He's good. He's yeah. currently my favorite character to play. So, so, so a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he may just be overtuned. Mm. Um, he is one of those heroes that self sustains through damage. So up the damage, you up the self healing, and then you make him harder to kill. So in the same way that Kerrigan can kind of teeter back and forth between too powerful and not powerful enough. Mm. I suspect that's what's going on with Malganus. And I suspect if that amount comes down, he won't be enjoying that spot. But uh, as it stands, because I'm looking at the top hero compositions in the last seven days, and some of them are saying some of these compositions that have the highest win rates don't have tanks in them, just a bruiser. And and this is on hot slogs. So my sense is that Malganus may likely be categorized as a bruiser. Yes, he is. So he is getting played as a solo tank. To me, there's no other... There's no other bruiser with near as much. It's not Artanis solo tanking. I'm sorry. Right. Um, so it's these compositions that are winning quite a bit with <laughs> no tank. According to Hotslog's categorizations, means Malganis is getting played as a solo tank. I feel like you could have said, um, you could have said Artanis uh, took advantage of Mother Teresa on a date and assaulted her, and John would still be. He wouldn't care. Like you could, you can malign him all you want. John will still like Artanis. It's probably an extreme yeah, example sure. I just gave. Probably yeah. a very extreme. Yeah, well, I, mean, have I, I like him. I wouldn't make a case for him being the solo tank. Right. But, right. 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 Uh, that does. That's not his fault. He's no. just too good at other things. He is. Your, your tanks, du jour, are Diablo and Garrosh. Those are your guys. Those are, now, those are your guys. It differs depending. Generally, Garrosh, I think, edges out of Diablo right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The, I think it's pretty neck and neck in terms of what our our professional role models are telling us. Well, in this warrior list for tier zero, uh, he's not even listed though. You got Blaze Diablo Garage. Oh, you do have Garage. What am I saying? Garage is in yeah. there. Yeah, I've been I've been spending the last <laughs> six or seven minutes looking for Garage on this list because I thought he wasn't there, but he's right there on the one I read. Derp. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. He can throw you behind him. He's a bastard. Oh, I forgot one. Oh, here. who you adding there? Not on the tank list, sorry. No. Um, oh, the next okay. one. That oh, that's do. good to know. All right, healers. Let's talk about healers. Um, oh, it, real quick though, before we get out of the tank area, there, uh, Blaze. Uh, yeah. I see a lot of Blaze, and I and I, you know, he's categorized by Blizzard in the up in the upcoming um, class change thing as a tank, not as a bruiser. So I assume he'll stay there. Um, I remember a lot of talk about he wasn't going to be a very good main tank, but that seems to not have borne out. It seems like he is. Um, well, I think he, I mean, he's passable as a tank in your quick match games. I think if I'm understanding it correctly, he's not main tank material. He's like, you don't really think of him as a bruiser because he is tanky. He's just in your double warrior comps. Mm. Like, so, so he's so, Urel and Blaze 
both do this thing where they can soak the off lane. And, and, and so if let's say you're up against Zagara, you, you're probably not winning a lane against Zagara and pushing up. If, if you've ever been like an assassin versus Zagara, you know you can hold her off until you're out of mana or you're too, too low on HP and there's no healer coming for you. Then you got to back. That's when you lose your XP value and Zagara pushes and gets tower, gets the XP advantage, gets uh, advantage on structure, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So forcing the back is how Zagara, you know, characters like Zagara who push really hard can win the lane. Now, if you're playing something, you know, versus an aggressive laner as a Urel or Blaze, both of them have ways to just heal them. They're their own healers in, in the early game matchup. So they'll never have to back for health if played correctly. And they also can clear a wave. So Zagara gets close, pushes in, you're like... Now, if Zagara leaves the lane, you're not taking much in terms of structure, but you can just sit there all day and not die. And, you know, they've recently nerfed both Urel and Blaze's mana. It doesn't look like that's changed anyone's opinion of how strong they are in the offlane. But that's how these guys get played early. And as it turns out, if you're going to do a two-warrior comp, that second character doesn't have to be a bruiser that does damage. You could just have a two-tank kind of a deal supporting a wall of whatever damage picks you have behind it. So that's where they're situated currently in the meta. So, yeah. And I mean, I was solo tanking as Urel in a quick match games that Mm -hmm. we played this weekend with the five stack. She worked just fine. She feels really great, actually. So there were still learning in the quick match sphere as well. You can tank on Blaze in quick match, and you can tank with URL if you're looking for practice. All these guys work great there too. Right. So they're good picks. Um, they're good things uh, if you're interested in, in picking up a tank like character to pick up and start playing. So b- based on these, con- oh, go ahead, John. I was just gonna say I think we're all gonna need to kind of come to terms with the fact that language around heroes is going to change in a pretty substantial way. And we're going to need to kind of get used to it because right now we were given the roles that we had, the four roles, and we got very used to it. And then we got very used to our own modifications to that, where we were using terms like bruiser and stuff like that to mean a very specific thing. Um, Looking at this list, uh, Blaze, Diablo, Garrosh, Malganus, Urel, I think all, all of those are classified as tank in the new system. I, I think every single one of those falls under what Blizzard is calling a tank. Mm. And I think a lot of people look at it and go, well, what about so-and-so? I thought they were a bruiser. You know, I, I thought Malganus was a bruiser. And I think that's because we at home have started to use bruiser as kind of an acceptable term for an offlaner or... Uh, something along those lines Mm -hmm. and not really necessarily what they do. So I think there's a good chance that when this new change happens, there's going to be some jargon mix up where people assume one thing because they got put in the tank category and then somebody else got put in the bruiser category and we assume we know what that means and it might not mean what you think it means. Right. Uh, Because it's not like Blaze, if if we call him a tank and we say, no, he is a tank tank, his like Bo was saying, it's not like all of a sudden his ability to solo lane goes away just because we reclassified him. Right. And I am curious where your elf lands. Chat room was saying she's a bruiser in that list they showed at BlizzCon, but I don't know for sure. Do we know that? Hmm. Anyway. 
for the purpose of this conversation, though, it doesn't. For this, it doesn't matter. We're, right? we're, we're splitting hairs. If, if if Blizzard calls something a bruiser and we're, the community plays him as a tank, it's a tank. So you know, uh, yeah, we don't have to worry too much. No, about you're that you're right totally now. right. I just yeah. I I am feeling though that pre- not pressure, but I'm feeling that sense of like when that change happens, I'm going to look at everybody differently, and I'm going to see Nazebo in a different way. You know, I just am. So I think people are I think people are going to have that in their minds regardless. And now that there's a little more granularity to the classifications of characters in the game, I don't blame them for looking at that a little closer. <coughs> but like you said, the way that the characters end up getting played are where they'll end up. Like if somebody they tell us it's a bruiser, but we but people main tank it, Blizzard will either eventually move into the other category or uh, tweak him so he's more of a bruiser. I I don't know how they'll handle those sorts of things, but. It's interesting. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, the recommendations for us here at home are to not necessarily, like I said, Urel, East uh, Styles mentioned she's a bruiser. Uh, yeah, okay, but you can main tank with her in your quick match games. You want to practice getting good with her. I'm, I'm sort of positioning like these are hero recommendations that are good investments for your time right now over the holidays. Right. All right, let's talk about heroes yeah. or heroes, uh, healers, rather. <laughs> They're the true heroes of Heroes of the Storm, the healers. The healers are the heroes. Um, Deckard Kane, Taronda, Taronda, and White Mane, who you added uh, sort of last second. Uh, no, she was definitely in a lot of lists. It, it, she was high up there. So Yeah. Now, Taronda, obviously, been through a lot of changes lately. Um, her body's changing, and she has become truly a healer. Uh it, whereas before she was weird hybrid thing support thing but um it's interesting to see her there i noticed that in none of these lists neither your tier zero or your powerful picks or the rest i just don't see our buddy stukov anywhere and it really bums me out but i won't oh, complain he's in, he, he's in the rest oh is he in the rest we'll, yeah we'll get to what the rest so i've people's tiers as they get down to tier two and lower yeah. are kind of get goofy yeah. So I just looked at it and said, like, they're in the rest. Okay. No, we so, 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 I mean, it might be useful to explain structure before we go through the list. We already talked about what tier zero is. Tier one means these are powerful picks. The rest is like, they're not doing your team any favors, but they're not that really hurt holding your team back, maybe. Right. And also in that category are characters like Kel Thuzad, that if you are the one trick guy and you're amazing at it, great. Otherwise, you're being a troll and you shouldn't be playing these competitively because the burden of execution, as Dunk Trade coined, uh, is too high for it to be worth it. Play something that has consistency and will provide you consistent win value. Mm. Uh, and also, in, under the rest, might be map specific considerations like a Vala uh, on a on Battlefield of Eternity or something like that. Oh, right. that makes sense. Uh, then, then the last tier, or the last, last tier is the trash tier, which are the ones are if you really try want trying to win games and be competitive, do not play these heroes. They are anti competitive. Oh, and then there's a few contentious ones in there, which John will be happy to know. <laughs> okay, yeah, there. there'll we'll be a couple of those that we're going to probably get hung up on, and that's okay. We'll get all to right. those in a second. But let's get back to these healers. Deckard, Taronda, White Mane, um, all strong, all good, all great. Those are in your top tier. Uh, damage, Genji, Maev, and Rainer. Uh, look at everybody, your your um, uh, your tutorial character, Rainer. He's back. Look out. Uh, he can heal himself. Yeah, he's, he's got nasty amounts of damage, yeah. and uh, it doesn't cost him mana to do it. He just right clicks it. It's good. Yeah, it's Rainer. He's Jim Rainer. He's a badass. Deserves to be there. 
The powerful list, you've got Tank, Anubarak, Dehaka, Johanna, Muradin. Uh, that's, that seems good. This feels like a nice, so these are, these are picks that are, that are solid in their position, right? They're probably providing you with an advantage or they're a good pick, but they're not screamingly amazing. Yeah. Uh, healer, you got Alex Straza, so dragon lady and Malfurion, the tree prophet they're in there. And, um, I'm coming around on Malfurion a little bit. I know I complain a lot, but he's all right. Um, <laughs> Damage, we got Phoenix, Hanzo, Jane. It's been a long year for Scott and Malfurion. <laughs> it really they, has. Uh, We've been... The relationship, much like Taronda, has changed. We've gone through all the, you know, what do they call those? The stages, denial, yeah. anger, all that. Are but... you just acceptance? Now? Yeah, we're back to acceptance, and I may... <laughs> I guess he has new abilities. And where does it go from there after acceptance? Does it go to... Uh, nothing. You move on and find a new healer. Right. Like Then you start dating Stukov and realize you were happier there all along. I was. It's his big hand. Um, <laughs> sounds, sounds worse than I meant it to sound. Uh, Junkrat, Kalthos, Kerrigan, Leeming, Malthale, Orphea, still early to call. You wrote here in the notes. Thrall, Tracer, Tychus, and Zeratul. Um, and then in Siege Specialist, you've got Abathur, Asmodan, Medivh, and Sergeant Hammer. Now, I noticed in your top tier, or your tier zero, uh, unlike tier one, there is no siege slash specialist but there isn't tier one why is that what's the why why no well i did a, i did a consensus so mm-hmm. you know meaning that if i looked at 10 tier lists on average those heroes appeared the most times like statistically significant amount of times at that tier versus the other you know so um the reason there's no siege is because there was no no tier no tier s heroes our siege heroes right and because also i think it it ties back to that universal nature you were talking about it's not always universally great to have a siege slash specialist yeah right. well I, I mean it's it, more useful than others all the siege specialists in the powerful range provide team fight or objective based value they're not you don't pick hammer to siege up and push a lane sergeant hammer's a powerful freaking assassin don't siege up you gotta you're basically like tank you're rainer you're a mechanical rainer mm-hmm. when you're playing that you, you see job when you get a few kills and then it's advantage push time but like you know if you ever watch sergeant hammer play like in hgc games and stuff like that they don't see up they're they're auto attacking and putting their minds down and zooming around and and doing the the auto attack does really good damage and sergeant hammer is surprisingly mobile if you play her as if she doesn't have a siege button amazingly enough right and and um that makes her a powerful pick uh so i i, I would argue you know same with abathur the value's all in his healing mm. they're going to strip away that heal that additional healing he does and he'll be back down to yeah of course he'll be off this list um all right well let's talk about this list that i'm the most interested in and that is uh the trash tier because you've we've already got the rest the rest is everybody else okay Mm-hmm. That we haven't mentioned yet. Here's your trash tier. I would love to know if we have any um, outright uh, discontent with this. Let's start with Chen. Any problems with Chen being on there? You like Chen, Bo? No, but he was trash tier. Ah, and you agree I with that? Chen. Okay. I love Chen. I love trolling with Chen. Yeah, I, I love the character of Chen. I love being a big guy with a barrel and drinking his ability. But I mean, I play the game. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, and I think again, it's important to clarify because you can. I can already hear some people who, especially when we maybe get to this last one, because uh, <laughs> I know there are some people that just get extremely passionate about some of these characters. Yeah, uh, it is not if you pick this, you're going to lose. Right. You, these characters are impossible to mm. win with. It, but but increases your odds of losing. Right. So it right. is meant to be taken that way. It's incremental, it is, and it's yeah. I. Yeah. If you if you do a if you are a twenty four seven Zarya and we know who they are because you see them in the games, they're playing they're the ones playing Zarya right now. If you see a Zarya, it's pretty safe to assume she probably that's all Ooh. they do. And you're like, but, why is this Zarya so good? Is this the best character in so the game? This is no, what I say. It's just somebody so, is the only person that you know character they play. We, we espouse that a lot on the show, and I agree with you. However, this is not us saying that. This is what people who are very good at the game are positing by consensus is a way to slowly lose your rank is by consistently picking these heroes that you like so much, but they're not doing you or your team any favors. Right. They may be wrong. We're not saying they're right. But if you're looking for a new hero or a new strategy for your next session, the recommendations do trend one way and against a certain way. So as a Chen lover... And loving on a, and plenty of times I've gone into ranked with my snowflake picks and just want to pick them, having to acknowledge the fact that I'm underperforming in the aggregate on certain heroes. So I feel like we we have to respect a little bit of what's being said by people who are playing better sure, than us about but why they point, are not good picks. What's your blaze win rate? Well, it's bad, but the point is, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I can go to Rich and say, "Why do you think Blaze is so good? I lose on him all the time. You must be wrong." When that guy plays at a higher level and might see things or have reasoning that I still don't quite understand, so I'm looking towards people who who make lists, who play the game consistently, to find out what their insights are as to why we would pick certain things over others. Right. Right. And that's and, all I was saying is that because I'm with you, play what you want. But the opposite is also true. I just I'm getting out ahead of anybody that's going to hear their favorite character on a tier that's called trash tier and feel bad and say, you don't have to feel bad. This is just data we're giving. You can keep playing what you like. It's fine. Yeah. That's you all. guys are basically saying the same thing. It just did. Yeah. But I, different I, the emphasis. thing I think about like trash tier is that it emphasizes for you to stay away from it. It's not to make you feel bad, but but it is to make you feel bad because you're like, I'm going to get a positive win rate with Nova and ranked. Wait a minute. It's called trashed. I'll play it in quick match. Like yeah. I think that is the point is to be like, it's like a, a a biohazard symbol over the hero. Well, then, but then that's like us saying, I know this isn't what Blizzard is saying or what we're saying, but it does come off as like, hey, guess what? There's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve characters in this game worth playing. And I don't think Blizzard's saying that. I don't think we're saying that. I don't even think these pros are saying that. If you have, find something no, fun, do it. The, the, the pros are saying that. Well, the pros like, aren't saying everything else is garbage. They're saying if you want to be better and play at a higher level you should be playing these heroes at least right now as the meta is today. That's what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. In a competitive in an environment where your priority is winning, not feeling good, but feeling good by winning and being competitive, they're positing with these tier lists and this game and others that certain strategies and picks are more effective than others. Right. And it can be hard to hear. I don't like that people bag on convection Kalthos 24-7, but I have to respect the fact 
that they're saying it. And that's like anything we don't want to hear at a certain point. Uh, we do need to listen. And again, that's why I positioned this presentation very carefully in, in that these are you're shopping for a new car. You want to find some new heroes to play. What's worth investing your time in? So if you have an emotional connection to Chen and just need to play Chen and need to prove to the world that Chen can be good, do it. No one's saying otherwise here. Right. That's not the point of the exercise today. So I hope, you know. Yeah, no, I think people get it. That's why I tried to sort of cover that at the top is that here are the tier, what the information the tier lists are presenting to us is so that maybe out of the the the, the list of heroes that are considered powerful, like, you know, uh, you might dust them off. We might see some more Junkrat play from Scott. Junkrat's considered a powerful competitive pick. Mm-hmm. Um for my part, I would actually like to play Blaze and Urel more. I'm interested in checking out Toronda. Um, I might play some more Maya and Rainer. Like there, there are things here that I've avoided. I haven't played as much that I'm like, I'd be too nervous at this point in time to play in a ranked mode. That I would benefit from going into quick match and playing, and then bringing to my you know ranked or competitive games or Wednesday night games. You know sure. that kind of thing. Sure. So I think that's the the what we're trying to take here so yes we should put big biohazard signs over the heroes that they're not recommending because i didn't put the sign there we're reporting on what the communities the professional high tier players are telling us. yeah now yeah i would did want to say one thing about uh, the final one which we'll get to in a second but i know they're aria people who play zarya and they know who they aria i don't know why i said any of that let's move on chogal <laughs> Chogal's Wait, next we, up. We, we, we only covered Chen in the trash. Oh, okay. Never yeah, mind. I'm still, still moving here. Chogal, uh, he's up next as trash. Uh, Chromie, Diva, Gazlo, Lieutenant Morales. I mean, I can't. I love her, but I can't deny that she's rough right now. Uh, Murky, Nova, Probius, Rexar, Sylvanas, The Butcher. I see a lot of Butcher games, but again, it's a quick match. The Lost Vikings, Valera, Zagara, and like I mentioned before, Zarya. I'd probably uh, put Valera in the contentious category because I know some people espouse that she's good, but I don't know. That is aggregate information. So, so do do you find anything in here that you guys would contend is not shouldn't shouldn't be here or should at least be contentious? Honestly, I would have said Valera, um, but we're talking about competitive. Maybe she's not as effective in competitive, right? Because I would also say I would. I would argue that for a quick match style game uh, or even lower ranked games, I would say that Sylvanas is actually doesn't belong here. Mm. But if we're talking competitive, then yes. Yeah, I, I think I say this is where she should be. I can't find too many of these I disagree with. And again, what keeps popping up on my head is like, ooh, that one time that diva really showed us the door. But that's not what this is. Yeah, but that's um. It, so there's this thing, there's this concept when you're thinking about the stuff called results-oriented thinking, right? Which is that you're basing your conclusions on your results. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I last season I went like eleven and one on Zagara. I windmill slammed Zagara. She appears in like the trash tier list when I'm doing this thing. I'm like, how can that be? And some of it has to do with your rank, and some of it has to do with your personal skill on a hero. Personally, in a lot of the wins I the games I played, I. I punished their inattentiveness to my split pushing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because Zagara was an inherently good character. It was because I got to run amok 
unchallenged by players not up to my up to that skill level yeah they weren't answering so, your cigar so so life. what that means is when you're picking a hero to to bring to a game with this analysis is that i can't let the, my results being like i take convection all the time and win all the time inform what the analysis has been done by people who sort of live and breathe the game to say like yeah like if you go by your results then your tier list looks completely different but right. we're factoring in heroes and it's funny because i've been so i've been watching the past week i've become addicted to chess videos chess I've videos been watching a ton of chess videos just chess live streams just chess wow. all of a sudden out of the blue and it's really fascinating because chess has a lot in common with a MOBA game which is kind of funny there are pieces on the board and there are positions when you're in ahead. There's positions when you're behind. There's threatening to do things versus actually doing them, especially with concepts like fog of war. And the there was one particular move that struck me was that this particular grandmaster was explaining that high level players play for the aggression. And he says, but what makes me grandmaster is I don't play for aggression. I play to improve my position. So just because I could make a play that, say, takes another, you know, attacks one of their items and pulls it off the board, that begins a cascade of pieces being removed. And he said, but I don't want to just play defensively or passively. So you make this kind of lateral play that improves the position. So, and he demonstrates it's quite, it's just quite fascinating. I'm down this rabbit hole now and I'm like, am I going to start playing chess now? I, I don't know. Like, it, and, and, as this was swishing around in my mind, I started thinking it's interesting because some of the high tier heroes, some of them are flashy, but some of them are not flashy. What makes them high tier? And I think again, that description we talk about Urel and Blaze being good on the off lane is that they don't flashily push in the lane, but they actively provide the team with ways to improve their position that doesn't necessarily equate to kills or capturing objectives, but in the aggregate puts them ahead. Right. And and I thought that was fascinating, which is why, like, Nova, I used to play Nova in the Hero League all the time, and Nova's always been bad. She's always been hated by every ranked tier list maker since the dawn of this freaking game. They will never put Nova in anything but trash tier. Yeah. And I love me some Nova. And, and I begin to see it's because she does nothing to improve the position. Looks flashy when they're getting kills, feels good when you win with her. It's a humiliation victory. Even if you're good with her and have a good win rate, it doesn't mean that strategically you're actually providing the kind of value that people who think about the game strategically are looking for in the heroes they pick. Mm. And again, I know I see some eyes glazing over and it's because, you know, we play a lot of the game for fun and we often espouse playing the game for fun. But I wanted today's exercise to really take in what the professional community is telling us and again, answer the question, what heroes should we invest in over the holiday well, season? It is after it is after all a competitive game. Um, I think sometimes yeah. it's easy to forget that and forget the competitiveness is definitely a huge part of it. Um, and competitive competitiveness comes with this sort of stuff. I wouldn't call this min maxing, but this kind of you know focusing on what's strong, getting better there so that you win more. I mean that's part of competition, um, mm -hmm. and it's fair and you do it because the game's rules are how they are and you're not cheating. You're just playing the game and you're playing to, to its advantages 
your skills, your advantages, and all of that. Um, the chat room keeps making this point that this is where you start to see toxicity come out. And I don't disagree. Like, this is a, these are contentious uh, picks, some of them. We'll get to the real contentious ones here in a second. Um, but, you know, some people are going to be just cry, you know, cry and moan all day that Chromie should not be in the trash tier list. And <clears throat> they'll have a thousand reasons why and blah, blah, blah. And they may even be right. The point is that uh, the, the does making does having lists like this and does uh, that, you know, create or cause some of the problems we have with toxicity in this game and other games. And I would actually say no. What causes toxicity is dicks. That's what causes it. Yeah. And so I don't if somebody's saying I really want to get better at a thing that doesn't make it toxic. That makes you focused and have a goal and all of those things are fine these are good attributes the toxicity comes from jerks who want to be tribal about stupid stuff in a video game it's got nothing to do with this sort of stuff i understand the idea that it feels like well the more competitive we make it the more toxicity exists that may be true but it's not because inherently it's toxic it's because people are poorly behaved they don't know how to act And it's they're immature. It's it's not enough for me to go and say, I would like to heal competitively. Who's good? Oh, Deckard, Taronda, Whitemane have a universal kind of appeal. They're high up on the skill list. I'm going to put my attention into that. That's all very good and productive and useful for me wanting to get into the competitive scene. It's that then that same person could potentially go in there. And as soon as they see somebody pick a Stukov, they that's not on the tier list. I, how can you do that? And they have to turn it into a fight and an argument. Yeah. That's well, not really because tier lists exist. That's because people have now taken that and turned it into a tool where they can push uh, an agenda and, you know, do it in a way that's aggressive and dickish. Because there's also a nice way to say it. There's a nice way to say, I don't know if this is a strong map for Stukov. Or yeah. I they, don't know if he's going to work with this comp. Right. And then they can come back and say, well, I've got... Uh, this many hours, I, I really feel good about them here. And you can say, okay, we'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah, these are all normal ways of behaving. When people are being dicks, when, you know, Butternuts McGillicuddy over there wants to, you know, yell at you up and down for your pick, the competitive nature of the game is not the problem. It's his reaction to the competition that's the problem. So I feel like that should be obvious, but there's a lot of tools out there. There are a lot of toxic players. It's just it's a reflection of your skill level. Right. Like honestly, there's no bigger tell of like you might have good macro play or good good ability, but if you have feel the need to badger strangers on the internet and your teammates because they're you know basically causing you, you to lose rank points and they're basically causing you what you perceive to be direct harm to you, which they're not doing. If you lack the sophistication, understand that and understand that you have to work with it, then then that's your plateau, man. Yeah. You're <laughs> you were at, at a plateau and, and that won't get any better for you. Yeah. Uh, it, it just won't. Like it, I've played of the amount of games I've played. I think there's some 4,000 in there that are solo hero league ranked games. I've had plenty of first pick Nova's and Gazlo's and no healer comps. Won some of them. I've not once ever been silenced in three years after 10,000 games or been reported for toxicity you know or said a, a shitty thing like it's it's possible friends yeah <laughs> it is you know it, it's a it's it, it you really can't be blaming the fact that some folks are trying to find a way to educate the player base 
and provide them with some value from their perspective, which seems natural. Yeah. That toxicity that that's yeah. I mean, we're all in agreement. Yeah. I just that's good. It's good to point out, I think. Now let's get to the contentious pool. Which sounds like an awful place to be at like a hotel or something. No one wants it's to be in a contentious pool. pool. Yeah. It's Ugh. not good. Ugh. What's going on in there? Nothing. Floaties, maybe a turd. It's not good. You can be in it, but don't put your head under the water. And that's don't open your mouth. No matter what you do, do not open your mouth in that water. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. I should tell you guys a story, but I won't. I'll say it from for water time. to towel. That's all you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So <clears throat> currently on the contentious list are the following. Uh, the double A here at the top. A couple of, couple of Protoss buddies. Alarak and Artanis. Uh, deeply contentious, along with Brightwing Lucio and Samuro. I actually don't disagree with most of these because A, I don't really play Artanis or Alarak. Not really a Brightwing guy. Uh, I think Samuro is in a goofball place and I find him kind of annoying right now. But I think Lucio's pretty good. I have a good win rate with him. Uh, Now, that being said, again, my own little personal bias, my own little uh, results-oriented thinking. Um, But if I had anyone to argue for, it'd be him because I think he does some good stuff and some good playmaking and all that. But, you know, again... but to define contentious for you is that these five heroes in particular were ranked like powerful on one tier list and then trash on the next one. Right. And then somewhere in the middle of the other one. I'm like, they, usually there was a consistent pattern with some variation between plus one or minus one. These were like, I looked at one list, Alarak, uh, top tier. Yeah. Next list, Alarak, trash tier. Along <laughs> And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Lucio. Tier zero on one list, Lucio, trash tier on the next list. And these are all recent lists that have been updated in the past, you know, week or so. So, I mean, again, it's aggregate. We're doing an aggregate here. So that's why I'm like, they're contentious. The only one I'm kind of like, Samuro, sometimes there's a genius Samuro, and then sometimes it's like, mostly when it's on the other team, all of a sudden everyone's dying to Bladestorm. Right. For some reason. Yeah. A genius Samuro does happen. Just not is that Samuro a, contentious purely because of Grubby's list? Possibly. I mean, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember which list and where it came from, but I saw Samuro on the bottoms from a couple of people. I just know Samuro Grubby loves up. that dude. Yeah. He, oh, if he was the positive, that was likely the case. Mm. I used to really Man. like him. I played the crap out of him, and I'm not playing him at anyone else's level, clearly, but I liked well, him. I saw a few threads recently on Reddit, too, saying like... Uh, you know, Samuro is uh, amazing. This is how I climbed up from this rank to this rank, playing nothing but Samuro. So again, Alarak and Samuro in particular fall into that one trick category where like there are like 10 dudes that are just like incredible on Alarak. That's all they do. And they're amazing. And the rest of us just stop doing it. Yeah. Destroying (laughs) fools with uh, And I think Samuro is the same way. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is a good Alarak scares the crap out of me. As a player, I don't like playing against him when they're good. They're bad, who cares? Yeah. Just like everybody else. But something really menacing and jerkish about a good Alarak. And it it's like me. if you're walking around the street and then your pants disappear. And you're like, who did it? And Alarak's running down the street with your pants. Yeah, like kind of, yeah. A good Alarak can do that to you. And you'd never want to run into that person in real life. He has a, a, this short, ridiculously short range, yet hits me every damn time. Like, it's just, mm, don't like him. I played against a bad one recently. Yeah, how that? Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was like it was amazing because, like Scott said, when you play against a good one, you're like, "Oh, this is a competitive, strong character." And then when you see someone play him the way I would play him, you're like, "Oh, I don't have to ever worry about this character. I can just 
I can kind of just ignore him. I don't yeah. even need to worry. He's not going to do anything. He's just going to stand there and be snarky. Yeah, he's barely here, basically. Yeah. I can totally see that. All right. Well, uh, this is good stuff. Um, so before before yeah. we move on, I'm just wondering of this list, you guys, if any jump out at you as heroes that you, whether you before we were talked about this or during the conversation jumped out at you as heroes you were interested in. In playing some more. For me, uh, it's yes. The answer is yes. And for me, it is uh, Blaze, Junkrat, and um, who's the other one I was thinking of? That may have White been it. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, maybe White Mane. I don't know. I just can't get my head around White Mane. I don't know what it is about her. Something about her. I just, I can't do it. But maybe I'll get to, maybe I'll figure her out. <laughs> maybe Toronto a little bit too. But, um, and I'd like to get better at Deckard. Like, I love him and 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 have seen him do amazing things in this game, and I feel like I've never cracked that egg exactly. So, kind of in the mood to play him tonight, to be honest. After we're done, yeah. Um, but honestly, of the whole thing, if you said, "Well, Scott, you can only pick one," probably Junkrat. I like to really annoy the other team, and I think he does the best job in the entire game of that. So, yeah, a little a little more Junkrat in my life, I think, John. I have really enjoyed discovering Kael'thas. Uh That's been fun. Uh, but I think for me, the big one is Mal'Ganis. Uh, we've played a lot of games lately, and I I think the last set of games we all played, uh, you know, over the weekend, I was just on a Mal'Ganis kick. It felt consistently incredible. Like, he is one of my favorite characters in the game at this point. Like, I went from... Not that interested to, oh my gosh, this guy is a blast to play. Yeah. The, the game's after the pep talk. Yeah. We've been on a good run after the pep yeah. talk. No, wait, you had a pep talk about <laughs> him? Is that what happened? Well, yeah, I streamed a bunch of games this weekend, and then we lost a couple, and then we're like, all right, guys, what are we doing? Mm. <laughs> oh, right. We're, I was... we're all five of us in a lane. We're constantly five levels behind. What's going on here? I don't want to be that guy, but yeah, you then need to I, look up. Then <laughs> and, I switched, you need to... and then I it was beautiful. I you stopped playing Kalos is what happened. Mm. Yeah, well, I was I was also being selfish and playing Orphea all the time, so we had like this weird double mage thing going on. And yeah. you know, if I was being more generous, I would have got off Orphea so you could kill Thos. All right, talent. But I wasn't. I was a mean person this weekend. Talent. Well, yeah, that's and generous. likewise, I also dug my heels in and was like, "Yeah, you Orphea, I'll kill Thos. This is the best combination." Yeah, it was okay. It just didn't... <laughs> ten minutes later, we're down. There were minutes. there were other factors. <laughs> Was it just you two? Would you have any other teammates? Or was no, it just no. Uh, so I streamed a bunch this weekend, and we had uh, viewers come in and join the game. Oh, very nice. They were, they were awesome. That's good. Well, all right. Guys, let us know what you think of all this. Send us your emails. Uh, it's uh, core at heroesforyou.com. Speaking of which, how about this one? <laughs> oh, excuse me. I got one here from Lawrence. He says, hello, core hounds. I was never, sorry, I was listening. <laughs> I was never listening. I was never listening to the show. I was just listening to last week's show and the discussion on gems, specifically Scott's frustration with the purchase amounts never aligning with what you actually want to buy. I wanted to point out that this is exactly the reason that they introduced gems in the first place. All that extra money you have to spend to buy the gems that ends up sitting there as a positive balance until you find something else you want to inevitably buy more gems to purchase, so on and so forth. Basically, you bought a $12 skin for $15, and then you have $3 uh, discount towards your next purchase uh, is kind of how he explains it. That's the principal goal of using surrogate currencies in all of these games. 
it get uh it sorry gets you to part with more more of your money while still keeping the actual price of what you want to buy lower. Additionally, it creates a psychological barrier between the cost of something and its value. Uh, if an item is priced in gems, which you can't mentally put a real-world value on easily, then you are more likely to buy it. It basically reduces the resistance to spending the gems. Uh, a bit like when you go to a foreign country, you typically end up spending more because you can't really convert their currency back into yours. Uh, the TLDR gems are there to get more money out of you, improving the game's cash flow and get you to spend more. Also improving their cash flow. If it were, or sorry, if it were to go away, uh, the the sorry, they would need to find a way to replace that lost revenue to stay as profitable as they are now. Hope that helps, Lawrence. Okay, so it's some good economic discussion there. Um, I think we all knew this. I think I knew this too, and I think it's I I, I don't have a problem bearing. I think it bears mentioning again. However, my problem is I'm not fooled by the psychological barrier. Yes, I, and because I'm not. It's not like I'm going in all cynical. I just know the difference. So when I get in there and I just go, uh, if I do this, they're going to just sit on 12 of my dollars that I can't do anything with for until whenever the next time I want to add more to it. Like, I just don't like the feeling of that. And so it stops me from buying more. I would buy more. I know I would buy more in this game because I used to if if it wasn't gems or if at the very least I could just buy up to what I needed and spend it. Nintendo, I didn't get to make this point last last week because I kind of forgot to follow up on it, but Nintendo used to do this. If you wanted to buy something on their on their eShop, you had to buy $25, $50, whatever it was, increments, 10, 25, 50, whatever it was. So they weren't points or gems, but they were dollar amounts. And so even so if your game was 39 bucks, you had to spend 50 to get it. And then they would hold on to this weird amount. And then the next time you wanted something else, you'd say, Well, I guess I'll add another 20 to my account and now that basically covered whatever download I got and I still have 10 bucks on the account and the next time I probably have to spend another 50 just to get the $59 game like like that they were doing the same thing just with raw dollars they eventually stopped doing that and now if you go buy a game on that store they give you the option do you want to put a lump sum in steam does this too to some degree do you want to put a lump sum in or do you want to just pay the 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 total amount needed and I always pay the total amount needed because I'm not a jackass I just want to pay what it's worth and what it's char- what I'm being charged for. I don't walk into a store and go, well, I'd really like to pick that TV up and have the clerk go, all right, well, uh, how many gems you want to buy? Well, what do you mean? Well, uh, you got, <laughs> if you got, you're going to need $1,500 for this TV. So let's see, that's uh, 9 billion gems. Uh, so you're going to have to buy that. Well, wait, that's $2,000 worth of gems. Well, that's the lowest tier we got. What happens that money? Well, we just hold on to it. I mean, that's unthinkable in a regular exchange. And so why should this be you awesome know, you, here? You, got, you make a really compelling point with it. You have a reputation with your examples and analogies, Scott. I, I know. Sometimes, say, they're, sometimes that, they suck. That might be the best one. That may be the most persuasive or eye-opening one I've ever heard. Wow. That yeah, is the, that is high praise for my t- usually it, terrible it, metaphors. It is perfect. Of course, I would fight the person if he tried to take 500 extra dollars for n- nothing. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I wouldn't go into Walmart and let them keep wall bucks Mm-mm. like no 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 it's, you wouldn't the the mm. whole illusion that's happening here and we talked about this last week is that video game companies need to keep development staff on a project it's not like the old days where you create a video game you poop it out there it is you're done they go on to the next thing and if there's problems with that game sorry they put out a problematic game like maybe there are revisions to it but probably not 
And now they have to keep a development team on. They have to keep art and sound and all these things. These games live and continue to breathe. And like Bo was saying last week, we still all expect to pay the same amount of money that we have kind of always paid for these games going forward. So they have to get you a different way. And the the place where we butt heads is you have gamers saying, we only want to spend this amount of money on a game. But in the back of our minds, we think, but we'll support it if you treat us right. right. And developers are saying, well, we want a constant influx of money coming from you, but we know we're going to lose you if we take too much advantage. So you have to find that happy middle ground where they're doing things to try to get you to give them money that you don't want to give, but they have to do it in such a way that you feel good about the transaction. Right. And this example that Lawrence wrote in and talked to us about, I get that they're doing that. That's the problem is that I understand that that's what they're doing. I know that I'm being manipulated every time I buy gems. It doesn't feel good. It's like somebody blatantly telling you, I'm taking advantage of you. Please continue to give me money. Mm -hmm. The natural reaction is to go, no, I don't <laughs> want to. You're taking advantage of me. Right. And, and it just doesn't I happen anywhere else. That's my biggest problem is that they, they yeah, pretend you know, like this is normal, the normal exchange of goods and services, and it's just not. It doesn't like, happen in Hearthstone, which you <clears> kind of think it would be a, a place ripe for that. Like it doesn't even happen their, in it doesn't even happen in their, Overwatch. Overwatch that's has a big mobile game and it's like completely not present. You just make cash purchases. It's the same thing with Overwatch. You want a Overwatch. bunch of stuff for, for whatever you pay yeah. a See, flat dollar. It, it, it was sold to me and I was excited for it because of the idea of earning the gems. So you know, without that, like because Without them becoming a gambling company, I get like there's laws about, you know, poning up money and then getting money back right. using actual cash versus right. space currency. To me, that's the only argument to have it in the game, which felt like with the free gems, maybe there was a future in there. And last week, I was the odd man out saying I'm okay with gems, though, because of that reason. But if that's not going to be in there, then I'm completely on your side. There's no point. Yeah, my sweet Walmart analogy pushed you over the edge, you have to admit. It's pretty it's, sweet. It and, did. It really did. I don't want to give Walmart extra money. Screw them. They have plenty of my money. You know what? I had an arcade when I was, oh, I don't know when this was. I was probably in my late teens that tried this little scheme. You would go there and, you know, getting tokens instead of quarters isn't that unusual. A lot of places do that. Right. Uh, at least they used to. So you'd have a machine, you put a dollar in, out would come four tokens. Each would represent basically 25 cents. And then you go play games that were 25 cents. Well, this place would give you four tokens, but every game was three tokens. Didn't matter what game either. Old, new, didn't matter. Three tokens across the board. Right. Now, they essentially forced this on people. This arcade is no longer there, as you can imagine. But they forced this idea on, on a real money transaction by making it so you had to put more than a dollar in there just to get two full games of anything. So you had, you know, if you only put a dollar in, you're going to get one game, but you got a token left. And guess what? That token is not legal currency or tender anywhere <laughs> but that place. Mm -hmm. So in order mm -hmm. to use that thing, you got to add more tokens to it, but you got to add enough of them that now you're going to end up with an extra one almost every time you play anything. They basically created the exact same scenario, just in a different real world way. And 
I didn't buy it then, and I don't I don't buy it now. And and I do that. That being said, I do this sometimes. I put the gems in, and I buy the thing that I want because I like Heroes of the Storm, and I want to support it, and I want to give money to them, and I want to pay for quality content. And I do, and I will continue to. But it's always going to rub me wrong if this is the way they keep doing it. And it's not just them. It's the industry. I get that they're part of the industry. There's talk in the chat room about how this this is all also part of helping other regions in the world um, cover and afford this stuff. I get that. But, you know, why am I in charge of that? Like, shouldn't they be in charge of figuring that out? Blizzard should. Like, there's, I have a lot of issues with that kind of up and down. There just needs to be a use case for it. You know, yeah. um, again, I feel like I'm always talking about this game, but Warframe has the platinum system where you buy platinum mm-hmm. to spend in the game. It's the same thing as their gems, basically. Yeah, same deal. But in that case, I can buy things off of other players. It's right. tradable. Right. So I needed a rare uh, part uh, for one of the prime Warframes. I bought three bucks in platinum and spent the money on the part because it was going to take me weeks to farm and I had all the other parts. So I was like, this is worth three bucks. I'm going to give some money. They're basically the developers. They're basically successfully doing what everyone screamed Diablo tried to do. And then or they, that they said they couldn't do it with Warcraft, but you can buy gold in that game too. Now right? you can. You yeah. know, yeah. and you, that's I mean, gold is not good for anything other than use in the world of Warcraft, but people do trade it for services and stuff. So yeah, yeah I I think the Heroes 2.0 system, I think we do we are eventually gonna need a 3.0. I like yeah. it. I like almost everything about it, but that. Like I, I like yeah. unlocking boxes. I like opening them. I like uh, re-rolling shards with gold. I like shards. I think that stuff's cool. Like I think there's actually not very much for, to complain about. I like the progression better. I feel like hero progression's way better. Account progression's good. Like all that stuff feels pretty good. It's just the gems for me. That's it. Yeah. It's the it's and, it's the part it's the part where I get to spend real money on on one of my favorite games that that's bro- that's broken for me. I'm even okay with gems it, to a degree. It's the places where it's obviously being used to take advantage of me. It is this thing where if I want something, I have to buy more gems than I need for the thing. Like that's where it starts to break for me cuz Bo's right. Getting gems every 25 levels kind of feels nice. It's like, "Oh, I got some." I don't think that happens enough or comes fast enough. I think it would be cool if gems could show up in loot boxes and things like that. That would be cool. Yeah. But it, it's it's the part where they say, essentially with their actions, we're going to take advantage of you. Yeah. Um. What about one of the other use cases that didn't come up last week that hasn't come up yet today also was um, dynamic pricing. Mm. I think that might be easier with a unified cost versus trying to figure out what the dynamic pricing is among currencies. Maybe, but they could round I, that I'm up. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, but like, you know, if a bundle is 2000 gems, when you own some of it, it might be 1500, right? Yeah. And I don't think when they were doing cash only that that actually was applying. I don't, they didn't have dynamic pricing. I don't think I don't, does anyone remember? If dynamic pricing existed um, before, gems. I don't think it did. I think that came later, but I'm not, I'm not actually hundred percent positive on that. Like, but yeah, it, so if you bought one skin mm-hmm. and then a bundle came along selling all three skins for a discount, let's say it's ten bucks a skin, so you bought one of the tints, and then a bundle came along discounting the thirty full price down to yeah twenty five dollars. 
but you already owned one of them. Well, you just gave your money to them. They couldn't do dynamic pricing. I just I'd be cool if they rounded it up to the nearest dollar. Just that's fine. Yeah, but I think the point is that they're dealing not just with U.S. currency. They're dealing with the game client and currencies. Well, all sure. The so if they're doing it in Vietnam, ra- round it up to the nearest dong or whatever, whatever their currency is. <laughs> like I, I know that there's probably way more to this than I know about, and there's business reasons they make decisions like this. And I'm not here to act like I'm any kind of expert or have any kind of window on that. I just, I'm just here to say that it just kind of feels bad, and it feels bad from everybody, and it's not just a Blizzard problem. Right, like you're it an anyway. expert you, on what feels good to you. Yeah, that's you, it. You prefer what you prefer, and I, I, like you said with your analogy, I agree with you that I wouldn't want to give a company my money for no reason, for weird space money, unless there was a compelling reason to do so, which there kind of isn't. So Yeah, I'd love to go and just go, here's $10 for this hero, not, oh, wait, how many gems do I have? Oh, I got to get 40 That's 30 bucks just to get that one hero. I guess later I'll get another hero, but... There's none I really want now. Ugh, so you shouldn't have to think about all that. She will to go. I would like that for that. Zip, mm-hmm. zap, boom. Everybody gets the poop. Anyway, Blizzard, if you're listening, we're not trying to be jerks. We're just, wow, you, you know, just explained how plumbing works. Zip, zap, boom. Yeah. Everybody gets the poop. Nailed it. Uh, thank you for your email, Lawrence. Uh, we love this kind of feedback. It's fun to uh, discuss these kind of issues. Uh, you can email us at core at heroesforyou.com. And a reminder to those listening to the show, either for the first time or for a long time, we are supported. Here's how we do it. We are supported by Patreon at patreon.com slash core show. Now, uh, the nice thing here is you don't have to do gems there. (laughs) (laughs) If you're like, man, I just feel this show's like hardly worth anything, but I just want to throw them a buck. You could do a dollar. You could go over there and say, hey, I want to do 10. It's your choice, but it's still just... Whatever the amount is, whatever country you live in, you put it in and you're done. You don't have to worry about any kind of subservient currencies or whatever the term is. Uh, It just works that way. So uh, that's your transition, I guess. Anyway, go to patreon.com slash core show and support the show and the creators you love uh, across the board because uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there and we hope that we are some of that good stuff for you guys. Uh, we're going to play games after this. I want to wish everybody a uh, happy uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Tomorrow's the big the big holiday. Eat all your turkey and all the good stuff that comes with that. And uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new show. Bo, I don't know what you guys do on Thanksgiving, but I hope you have a good whatever that is for you up there in Canada. Well, we had it. It was in October. Oh, right. What do you do for You don't so, do anything for ours, right? Uh, for the date, you just it's just it's normal. It's my brother's birthday this weekend, so we're going to his and his boyfriend's house for some dinner on Sunday, so oh. that'll be nice. Well, all right, then. That's not bad. Uh, uh, what else? That's it. Uh, Heroesforyou.com is the website. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow John at John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. Bo is at Bo Schwartz. And Core Heroes for the show. Uh, Heroesforyou.com is our website. And a quick reminder that uh, this weekend there will be a new There Will Be Dungeons. We had to delay last week because I was freaking deathly ill and uh just didn't work out but um i feel much better and i think that bodes well for a game and then i disappointed everyone after (laughs) no 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 look you're the dm you always get to choose that's just the way it is uh but uh we'll we'll play this weekend it'll be a great time so it'll be as if nothing happened nothing changed everyone will be here we'll all be happy playing uh dungeons and dragons at therewillbedungeons.com go check it out for showtimes and how to get the show or view it live that's gonna do it for us for me for Bo, for john and for pardon turkeys everywhere. We'll see you next time.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. That's a good question.